Revelation about Jesus Christ, his time to come back is near. These are called the last days. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering in the book of Revelation, chapter one in about three minutes. It is exciting and it's a great day to begin Revelation. Corey? Today, I'm going to be taking a look at James, the James Oshuary, I should say, the James Oshuary. Ryan? <laughs> well, today, I'm going to take a close-up look at the seven letters given to the seven churches by Jesus Christ himself. All right. Very good. We look forward to that. Janice? No Bible IQ question, no Friday wrap-up question. We've got some special, special guests in joining us. No. In fact, we do. I look forward to, to showing them to you. They are just wonderful. And uh, we'll look forward to that in just a few minutes. But let's get ready. Let's open up our Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 1 as we listen to what the Lord is speaking. Revelation 1, 1 through 14. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, 
clothed with the garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Now, Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3, that's what we study today. You know, this is what I've been waiting for all year. The book of Revelation. What an amazing book. 22 chapters here to study as we listen to who Jesus Christ is. Now, Genesis is the book of beginnings. In its first four chapters, we learn about God's creation and how it went wrong with bad decisions of Eve and Adam. The book of Revelation as well is a consummation of everything in time and space as we know it and as it has been revealed to us. They both represent significant beginnings and significant endings. So it makes sense that the arguments around both of these biblical books are deep and emotional. Revelation is the same as the first 11 chapters of Genesis. But what does God want us to truly know? He clearly did not put them in his words so that we would argue and have theological disagreements over them. Is that what God wants us to do? I don't think so. You see, Revelation is about the nature and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Revelation is about the nature and the spirit of Jesus Christ. God is speaking of himself and how he will deal with sin, S-I-N, and how he will deal with the people who love him. Revelation chapters 2 and chapter 3 are written to the seven churches. Some have problems, some do not. God speaks honestly and openly to the church about getting ourselves in shape for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this was written 2,000 years ago. Then the Lord goes on to explain how he confronts the evil in this world, which has clearly gotten out of control. Revelation is one of those books that deals with the spiritual picture as well as the real picture, and it seems strange. As we read it and understand it, it seems like the world can't be so different. And yet, in the last four years, I would remind you that the world has become a very different place. I remember talking to my wife, and I said to her about four years ago, we were watching everything about the pandemic. And I, I looked at her and I said, this is like we, we were listening to the lockdowns and everything. And I said, this is like a science fiction movie. And she said, absolutely. And, and the world has drastically changed. And now we have the war with Israel and everything has changed. So take your Bible guide and turn to it as we begin this amazing book today called the book of Revelation. If you don't have a Bible guide, you need to get signed up for it. You need to get our Bible guide. And you can do so by calling us or writing to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and click on the book page. It'll take you to a donate. May I say to you, thank you so much for your donations. We very much appreciate them. We try not to write letters to you, you know, begging for money and all of that. We try to stay focused on reading the word of God uh, so we don't, you know, get into the, the idea of raising funds like crazy. Anyway, it's important for us to remember the word of God. So 
Let's pray about the beginning of the end. Father, help us as we're going to read now the end of your Bible. And this is really something we've waited all year for it. And we're going to see it now, Lord, help us in Jesus name. Amen. Now we go to the first chapter one to three. Here's what it says. Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent him and he sent and sig uh, signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he, now listen to this carefully, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. I'm going to read the first part of three again. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. You see, it's a blessing to read about this. Revelation is about Jesus Christ. His time for return is near. We should always be ready for Christ's return. Beloved, listen to me carefully. When I spoke on Revelation in my church, I remember getting such reaction and people, some people left and some people couldn't stay and some people couldn't take it. And yet the scripture tells us that we read it and we understand it and we listen to it. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. So we need to focus on this. It's not something hard to understand. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 8. John, to the servant, seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits, capital S, who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye shall see him, even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Quote, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Look at this. This book is from Jesus Christ to the church. He is the beginning and the end. As the Christians, as Christians, our lives must be wholly dedicated to him. Dedicate your life to knowing God. Dedicate your life to understanding the Lord. That's what we're saying. That's what this book is about. Now, let's go on. I, John, both your brother and your companion in the tribulation and the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, Thyatira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. 
And then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded, girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were like white wool, as white as the snow in his eyes, like a flame of fire. Now, this is important. Jesus Christ gave this message to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation. God speaks to us now. Are we listening? Are you listening? God is speaking to us right now. Do you hear him? Are you listening? Because we should listen. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Well, on yesterday's program, we did a brief biography on James, the brother of Jesus. So today we're going to look at an artifact which, for better or for worse, is associated with James, the brother of Jesus. I'm talking about the ever-controversial James Ossuary. Take a look. James, the brother of Jesus, is mentioned a few times in the New Testament, first as a skeptic of Jesus and then as a changed man leading the Church of Jerusalem. Both non-Christian and Christian sources record that James was killed for his faith on the authority of the Sanhedrin. Josephus says that he was stoned. The Christian sources say he was pushed from the pinnacle of the temple where he was addressing the crowd and then stoned when the fall didn't kill him. In the early 2000s, news broke about an interesting ossuary dated to the time of James that had an inscription reading, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. This erupted the scholarly and popular worlds into a frenzy of forgery claims, news articles, documentaries, and a famous legal trial. But what do we know about the ossuary? First, the admitted reason that most scholars dislike the ossuary is because it's an unprovenanced artifact. That is, it was not discovered in an official excavation, but was looted and sold on the antiquities market, a fate of countless antiquities that no doubt hold many clues about the past. The issue for scholars is that if they study and promote unprovenanced artifacts, they're fueling looting in which priceless information is lost. If there is a market for unprovenanced artifacts, there will be looters who will supply that market. Not good for historical study. However, when an important artifact comes to light, should it be ignored on the basis of its discovery? There are a few general facts about the James Ossuary that are important to know. First, an ossuary was used for secondary burial. A body would be laid out in a tomb and allowed to decompose. Then the bones would be gathered, placed in the stone ossuary, and put to the side of the tomb, allowing for further family burials. This practice had a short life in Jerusalem, lasting from the first century BC to the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. 
Despite a lengthy legal battle charging the ossuary's owner with forgery, none of the expert witnesses called concluded that the inscription was a forgery, resulting in the owner's acquittal. In fact, two of the world's leading experts in ancient inscriptions from this time have studied the inscription and declared it to be authentic. Other scholars disagree with them vehemently, but they're admittedly not experts in ancient inscriptions. Even with an authentic inscription, the James Ossuary is only potentially the bone box of James the Just. Statistically, it's been concluded that there is at least a 32% probability that there were two James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, living in Jerusalem at the time, and an 18% probability that there were three. Though it is unusual for a family member other than the father to be given to a person in death, meaning there was something special about James's brother Jesus that made him want to be linked with him in death. There you go. Whether you're for or against, there is a really good trail of articles for scholars who are for and who are against on Biblical Archaeology Review or the Biblical Archaeology Society website. So I'd encourage you to check that out. You always learn so much stuff from, you know, somebody's dead box and all that stuff. Very, very interesting. All right, Ryan, go for it. All right. Well, today is part of our scriptural assignment. We read Jesus Christ's seven letters to seven specific churches. Now, what's really fascinating about these letters is that they have at least three and maybe four different applications. The first application is local, meaning that these were real churches who were struggling with real problems as laid out in the letters. The second application is a public one. These letters weren't just meant for those individual churches, but for all churches. But third, these letters are also to be applied on a personal level. They're for each and every one of us as well. And a fourth application, which isn't accepted by all, but is interesting nevertheless, is a prophetic application. According to this idea, the letters lay out in advance the future history of the church. Check it out. Although most number the New Testament epistles at 21, technically there are seven more because Revelation chapters 2 and 3 contain seven letters from Jesus Christ himself to seven churches in Asia. The churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. What's so fascinating about these letters is that they have at least three and maybe four different levels of application. The first application is local. These were actual churches in Asia. Of course, by Asia, the Bible doesn't mean the continent, but rather Asia Minor, which was a province of the Roman Empire and includes the western two-thirds of Turkey. In fact, it was world-renowned archaeologist and former Bible skeptic Sir William Ramsey who painstakingly researched these churches and discovered that these letters were dealing with real problems in those churches at that time. Nevertheless, these letters were also written for all churches. This is clear from the common refrain in each letter, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Churches here is plural meaning these letters were both for the local church as well as every church. But there is a third level of application as well. Jesus Christ's repeated use of the phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear, in all seven letters, is an admonition to each and every individual as well, since all human beings have ears. Therefore, these letters were written to the local church, to all churches, and to all individuals as well. Although not accepted by all scholars, some believe these letters also have a fourth level of application in that they are prophetic. 
In other words, these letters seem to lay out in advance the future history of the church. Proponents of this view note that out of all the possible churches Jesus could have written to, he chose to address these seven in particular. There were several other important and high-profile churches at the time that Jesus could have addressed, such as the churches at Jerusalem, Galatia, Thessalonica, Iconium, or Lystra. So why didn't he write to them? It seems Jesus was laying out the specific historical timeline of the church. It is significant that if these letters were in any other order than the one presented, they wouldn't fit the historical model. If then this prophetic application is correct, then that would mean the book of Acts covers the first 30 or so years of church history, while Revelation covers the remaining 2,000. Well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, as you can see, we are in the midst of a great deal of company here. This yeah. is our family. And they, I'm going to introduce them. There's a lot here. I'm going to introduce them. There's a monitor right there, so we're looking at the <laughs> monitor. Uh, in the order that they were born. So, Ryan, introduce your family. Well, this is my lovely and beautiful wife, Jasmine. And Jasmine works for us. Go ahead. <laughs> and this is my firstborn, Ollie. Oliver. And this is my secondborn, Elias. Elias. There's those two guys right there. They're awesome. Excellent. Got a brunette and a blonde. <laughs> Very good. That's excellent. Next is Corey. Yes. Okay. So my husband, Matlock, this is our oldest Emerson. He's six and very excited to yes. be on TV. This is Matthias, our middleborn. Very nice. And our one-year-old, Wesley. Wesley, very good. And you also work with us, uh, Matlock, and he works with us in the producing of the program and all of that. Also, you play hockey, and that's excellent. And then our next born, this is exciting, mm -hmm. is Brandon. That's right. How are you, Brandon? I'm good. Introduce us. Hello, I am Brandon. This is my wife, Rebecca. You talk to her all the time on the phones. Uh, she runs the office. Yes, yeah, she runs the office. And this is our daughter, Tessa. Tessa is beautiful, sweetheart. You are amazing. And Brandon is the one who's always calling the shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. I, I edit the program and I direct the show. Very good. That is excellent. All right. So here is my question with all of the kids here. There she goes. Isn't that something? Now, how old is she? Five. I, this Okay, we're taping this, and she's five months. By the time this airs, she'll be six months? Six months. Six months old. The happy-year-old. That is absolutely amazing. All right, so this is the family that you see. All of them work for us here. This is excellent. And uh, Jasmine, what do you do? I do uh, graphics and scripts on Wednesdays, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm in the office. And uh, if I have any spare time, I help Brian with his editing. Excellent. Wow. Very does a great good. job. That's yeah. good. And Corey, your husband, Matlock, Matlock, tell us what you do. Hi, I'm the COO, so I do a lot of hands-on stuff and operational stuff. Sorry, I'm a little sick. That's and, okay. Uh, yeah. And also write articles and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm on the weekend show with Corey. Yeah. And you do a lot of articles on our website and all of that. So that is excellent. Great job. Great job. And your three kids are amazing. And Brandon, what do you do? I edit the show. I uh, direct the show. 
I'm on prayer meeting. I do odds and ends. So you do a little bit of everything. That's excellent. And your wife, what do you do, Rebecca? Uh, so I'm in the office. I get to talk to a lot of you in Canada, which is my pleasure. And uh, and yeah, I do a lot of odds and ends, just like Brandon. Excellent. Very good. Well, this is these are our family, and we wanted to show them to you. You got a hold of my finger, don't you? That's right. What a good she girl. Anyway. Is this your first Christmas, Tessa? Yeah. Is this your first Christmas? <laughs> yes, it, yeah, I think it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what an amazing girl. Right. Yeah. Anyway, She's we wanted to show you our family. And if you are on the mailing list, you will get a picture that comes to you uh, with the receipts if you give. It is absolutely excellent. And the picture keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. It does, it does indeed. So that's awesome. It originally started with the three of you. And now we've got everybody. So that is great. Excellent. And uh, we also want to say to everybody in the United States of America that we love you and we appreciate you very much. And uh, we have uh, Matt and Kim and Kathy in the office. They do an amazing job. And so does Frank and Rosemarie. Rose yes, a very, very good one. And Jenny. You are. Jenny does a great job. She just is fascinated by this whole situation here. Anyway, we want to, this is the Friday before Christmas. That's right. So well, we, we want to say Christmas Merry Christmas to everybody on the count of three. Okay. okay. Are we going to do that on the count of three now on Christmas? Next week, we'll sing it, but Christmas is on Monday. Ready? Okay, here we go. It's got to be really, you got to, you got to get this right. Okay, this is good. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Very good. All right. And that's excellent. And thank you guys for being here. And thank you for being here. Let's thank yeah, them too. That's very Let's good. Thank you. Thank See you, you on Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Oliver Henry. You know, a lot of people think that Christmas is about Santa Claus decorating a Christmas tree and even about getting lots of presents. But the Bible says this is the real reason for Christmas. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news 
that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Merry Christmas.